0: Hello and welcome back to the and Tunes podcast. I'm Max and today me and Dean had the great great honor of chatting to Mike Aranica of legendary metalcore outfit The Devil Wears Prada about all things Color Decay, their brand new album, as well as touring life, things they wish they learned over the years, and looking back at their very very storied and extensive discography of some of metalcore's, in my opinion, greatest records. Uh, So we hope you enjoy this episode. And if you do and you're not familiar with our podcast, please make sure to check both our website for more interview features and our Spotify for more audio podcast versions with those uh, interviews and features like this. Uh, We do them all the time with a range of artists I'm sure you'd love to hear from. So if that's something you're into, then feel free to go and check that out. But if not, please sit back and enjoy this episode. Thanks. See ya. Hey there. How's it going? It's going great, (coughs) man. How's it going?
1: my uh my voice is a bit fried today i apologize
0: that's okay no worries can you man. hear us all good and shit are we good yes sir good cool. good sweet cool. hey well welcome hopefully you're doing well you're on the road right now right yes yes so this is uh very impromptu i'm sure <laughs> uh <laughs> um how's how's the all going amazing
1: um shows have all been really incredible we uh we hit it off with dying wish a few years ago so it's awesome being with those dudes again or uh, straight from the path and it's great to meet dying wish they're
0: a uh, wonderful band as well both seem like just great groups of people really i mean from all the posts from uh emma's instagram it seems like dying wish are having a great time too which is you know to be expected i mean <laughs> touring with they're me. awesome touring with uh, not to not to immediately go there but touring with prada is probably a dream for a lot of metalcore bands so that's probably a cool little thing for them <laughs> that, that's flattering thank you <laughs> um but yeah so color decay that's uh that's happening very very soon we're uh what two just shy of two weeks away from the release now yep the 16th how does that feel
1: feels good it feels there's been a lot more anticipation all around this one um been really I think we've had in, in quite a while so the reviews have been amazing, people coming with all these compliments I don't know how to handle and whatnot, so uh, I look forward to the fans actually being here.
0: <laughs> I think uh, Dean here is actually uh, responsible for one of those things, I think he said something at a meet and I greet. <laughs>
1: did. I did, I was actually
2: at the uh, New York City show, and I went to the meet and greet, and I was a big tall dude with glasses, and I, uh, I told you guys how much I loved the new record, and um, how sad it made me. <laughs> and it was and, and and it was like a uh a f- fuck you guys but also thank you but also are you okay? <laughs> like
1: well uh, well, you know. We like
0: emotional.
2: Yeah. We love That's emotional. the best way to be.
0: Best way to be. <laughs> That's the best way to be. I mean, that comes across on the record pretty crystal clear. I mean, it's definitely um I'd say it's definitely on the more emotional end of of your discography as well. I feel like this is pretty, pretty soul crushing stuff for a couple of these songs, especially like you know, uh, twenty five and, and cancer and stuff. It's just, it's pretty raw. It's pretty raw stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely here for it. I've, me and Dean both absolutely adore the record. So we're uh, very stoked to see what everybody else thinks. To be honest, it's one of my favorite parts about a big release, and I'm sure it is for you as well. Like everybody getting it at the same time and then being like, oh. I love this part and this part and this part.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, there's more than more than a lot of product I'd care to never hear again. But <laughs> um, 25 is one I never want to hear again. That was kind of just like a real emotional dump for me. And usually I can always handle the new stuff, you know, once you put it out. But kind of laid it out on that one. And hmm. I hope to God I never have to play it live because I don't want to
0: revisit it. I can only imagine yeah that's uh that, understandable that's definitely like the one that i think resonated with a uh, with with dean and uh our site manager yeah. joe the most it was nah. uh quite a raw one
2: it really hit it really hit um a soft spot and i i cried like a baby the first <laughs> couple of times i heard that song i'm not even joking I'm not even trying to be funny it really it really hurts
1: <laughs> yeah uh, situationally it did too but uh, Yeah, I heard the the instrumental as that song was coming to be and I was like, this is a breakup tune and uh, I went with it.
0: So actually kind of linking back to what you just said uh, Other than like well, this is kind of Dean's question rather than mine But uh, other than (laughs) color decay like going backwards in time you said there's like a lot of Prada material That you'd rather not hear again Uh, so like retrospectively outside of color decay what would you say are your favorite and your least favorite like Prada stuff that you've done in the past that you'd either love to see more of or see much, much less of? Uh, you know, I loved
1: I just hate the whole the early recordings. I didn't find my voice. I felt like I had a voice live and I just didn't know how to carry that into a studio whatsoever. As well as just being young and not developing much of a range to what I try to do with a song these days. So really just hearing my own voice kills me because it feels so you ino- it's not that it was inauthentic I've always meant the things I said but um it just I don't know I used to just always blow my voice out in the studio and just like I don't I just couldn't perform or sound like the way I did live and uh I just hate hearing old stuff really I think the new stuff I'm usually pretty good with but even like when we did uh Uh, we were doing Twitch streams for a while during COVID and everything. And it was like, I don't know. It it was like, I can go back to even eight eighteen and be like, Oh, I don't hate this. Like, I think a lot of it's like overproduced, but usually it's just the further back stuff that I'm like, eh, I would have liked to have it done in a different way.
0: I think that's a pretty, um, a pretty normal thing for a musician to kind of retrospectively look back and be like "Oh, I would have totally done that differently if I had done that nowadays but I think it's that process of learning that kind of develops you as a musician to get to the point where you're at I mean it's kind of an obvious statement and now i have said that out loud but like uh, it's all like necessary trip ups and mistakes you've got to make it's like trial by fire I suppose yeah certainly
1: I mean I've I've always tried to develop myself as a vocalist uh, via live and it's like my time to practice really, so um you know I'm sure there's been times where I try something that probably didn't sound all that great, but to me, that's the live experience' it's doing something a little bit different, you know
0: yeah, and uh while I haven't had the uh, pleasure of seeing you guys live yet, I think the first time I'll see you will be with that on that wage war tour uh in about a, a month or two's time. uh Dean's seen you a couple of times, haven't you, Dean
2: uh, yeah, I saw I've seen you guys playing times around here in Jersey, New York. Um saw so you guys at Gramercy obviously saw you at Oregon Plaza a couple of weeks ago and uh saw so at Starland about a couple of years ago. I think that was with Motionless in White that tour. That was an old tour. That was that was a long time ago. But yeah, I've seen you guys a uh, a couple of times.
0: Yeah.
1: Thank you, thank you. Starland's always a blast.
0: Yeah. I mean it's, <laughs> it's, it's a fun a, venue. it's gonna be a uh a great experience seeing you guys with uh with Wage War. I've been I've been waiting to see you guys for for years, but I've never it's never lined up quite for me. Uh but now it will i'm making sure it does this time so kind of branching off into from from you saying in terms of you know uh developing stuff live uh what kind of stuff from the new record are you looking forward to playing that you haven't been playing yet of course like you've been playing the singles watchtower time sacrifice all that good stuff is there any like deep cuts on the record that you want to kind of test the waters with live
1: um you know, Trapped is my favorite song from the record, and I think I'd have fun playing that one. That's probably a bit of a stretch for Jeremy, so we'll see how, how that looks. Um, not saying he can't do it by any means, but Cancer is a song that we've received a lot of feedback about, and a song that I certainly has uh, some preferential sort of bias for me. I, I quite like that song, and I think it'd be fun to perform that one, too, so... Um, I think that one will probably do live maybe next year, but um, I don't know, I love playing guitar and I get to play guitar on some of the new songs and including Salt. Um, the next music video we're about to release, I Can't Give Away is another one I get to play guitar on, which I appreciate, so. Um, yeah, there might be some others in there I, I'd be. I think exhibition would be a lot that's one that i actually don't think i want to play because <laughs> john and i put that one together i was like oh my god like this why am i doing this to myself <laughs> that i don't a- have the capacity to, to go so fast wild. The- what about hallucinate live um i think uh, i think that'd be fun i think um, the crowd
2: would be super receptive on that one like especially that breakdown is insane
1: yeah that. I think that would be a a good one to play and another one that I certainly towards the top of my list um, on the album so uh, I definitely I would be pretty excited to give that one a go to hallucinate
0: sick yeah it would be sick to to see pretty much any song on the album uh, live I think but cancer yeah I I think that's definitely a um, that's one that I feel like when I heard it, I was like, this is like, everyone gets the lighters out. Everybody starts singing along, shouting the lyrics straight back. So that will definitely be that song. And uh, yeah, um, in terms of you playing guitar on these songs as well, you did that a little bit on, well, since the act, right? You've been doing that sort of over time. What was kind of the intention? Did you kind of just want to get more involved on a musical level? Or what was the what was the kind of process there that ushered you into that?
1: Uh, so I've been playing guitar longer than I've ever been a vocalist um and it's something i always just wanted to pick up and something i I started playing when i was about 13 or 14 years old and um really i've just always been really heavy-handed to try to let the band play more live um we have an instrumental called uh kansas from dead throne that was my introduction to playing live with the band and i played all sorts of different songs over the years um really I'm just I consider myself a hobbyist if I never stood on another stage again I would still be the guy in my room full of amps and guitars and pedals having fun riffing and and coming up with stuff so um I'm just I again I'm like a passionate hobbyist for guitar and collector and uh anytime I can do it on the Prada stage is a huge plus for me so it's selfish but uh you know I'm uh, I'm willing to acknowledge
0: that it's cool to you know kind of get yourself out there in that way even if you just consider yourself a hobbyist it's kind of like a a cool little thing um and i just it it kind of just makes it seem you know more involved with the music in a way and of course I, i don't know do you do you actually you know i know you said you know it's just kind of a hobby thing but do you contribute like riff work to the albums at all
1: hardly like i've had some ideas very rarely over the years here and there I think the closest I've ever come to actually writing a Prada song is a a song called An Asteroid Towards Earth. I drove out to Kansas and John and I, I just started with a riff and John's like, do this and then I did that and then lo and behold, we had a song by the end of it, Um, but I I can hardly take sole songwriting responsibility for that one. It's really just John orchestrating um, the sort of slop riffage I, I, I came in with. so.
0: It's cool, though. I mean, yeah, it's still... I think that counts. That counts. <laughs> um, I appreciate it. And I, I do love the Space EP as well, so that's definitely cool to know you have your own little touch on the instrumental work there. Um, there was a... Going back to Cancer for a second, um, there's that clip at the end of the, of the song, the sort of, like, softly spoken guitar, you know, acoustic guitar stuff. I um, did speak to uh, your uh, UK publicist yesterday and he said that was the like earliest recording of that song basically it was like the demo version of the song but um who is that actually singing that is that um jeremy or is that is that you that's or? actually
1: john we were gonna re-record it with jeremy but basically john wrote the song on his acoustic guitar out in california where we did the record or most of the record and uh once we were tracking the drums later sam who mixed the record was like oh i love that Basically, he wrote it and then we, we pitched it down and whatnot. So the recording is just, you know, tuned to what the song became. And uh, rather than having Jeremy redo it, we just left the very early rendition of what John did as far as his acoustic guitar and the chorus. Um, but uh, but yeah, just left it as, as uh, archaic as possible, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, I mean... The, uh, I, f- I feel like that song just has just a great amount of, like, emotional weight to it. And that, like, sort of, I guess you could call, it like, an emotionally desolate ending. Like, everything kind of ducks out and it's just quiet and lets you sort of lull your way out of the song in a way that just feels, like, uh, in- incredibly emotionally devastating. <laughs> in, in, my, in my opinion. I mean, there's, that song is quite, quite a heavy one emotionally. I remember first time I heard that I was, uh, quite, I was quite teary. At least the first few times to be honest i uh I,
1: it's uh you know. it carries a lot of weight for sure it carries um, a lot of weight. we uh i've always felt like we've had some pretty good songs to finish our records but no one ever seems to really take the time to get that far so i'm uh i'm all giddy that people love uh, a closer for once because it feels like it's a little past due but at the same time i think cancer is certainly one of the best songs Brad has ever come up with and John's uh he's a visionary
0: I would uh, I would definitely agree with it being you know in the upper echelon of uh, of Prada tracks and I mean I'm a closer guy anyway I love closes so like a a fucking sick really solid and like just emotional 10 ton truck of a a closer is a it's definitely right up my alley Um, but the so Kind of going back a little bit though You've been playing those songs from the record live so far We talked about the ones you might want to play um, Do you have in terms of like plans for next year you said you might play a couple a couple of the next year Do you have like a, maybe a headline tour in in support of this record planned? Or is it sort of just like what you're doing now? And then you know supporting slots throughout like Europe and stuff later this year. What's the move?
1: Uh, so we. have a tour in the spring that i can't talk about but um in terms of a headline i'm not sure we're definitely aiming to be doing the european festival route um next spring early summer fingers crossed i love being overseas i really can't wait for the wage war run um but otherwise I, i don't have too much to uh to indulge kind of just waiting to see how things unfold once you know we hit 2023 but um i love i truly truly love getting outside the united states and playing shows and enjoying mainland europe and in the uk and everything so i very much look forward to that and you know hopefully uh you know we'll kind of see what the the touring world has to offer us with the release of color decay and uh another year under our belt
0: i'm hoping that that's uh it's, it's a lot of things that the offer you I've, I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that people really re- like it resonates with people as much as it's resonated with me i think a lot of this is just gonna it's gonna blow people's fucking minds <laughs> to say the least i hope so i, uh, I hope
1: so people have been so kind and complimenting cancer and different tunes throughout so uh again it, it's getting a little more real you know 15 days till product fans can hear this thing
0: it's getting uh getting super getting super real and um i can only imagine given the state of how how music rollouts are now that this record's probably been done for a for a hot minute especially for you to get vinyl out by release day that's uh that's quite the quite the accomplishment so how how long have you guys been sitting on this record
1: you know not too long i think the masters were complete in the late winter so early this year um but yeah, vinyl's uh it's it's quite the mammoth to have to handle as far as, you know, the wait times and everything and people want to have their records when the music drops. But um, I don't know. I'm a vinyl collector, a passionate collector, and I pre order records that don't come out in time. So it's cool that we are able to make ends meet. I I we really have nothing bad to say about solid state records. I know it's uh, rather contrasting for a band actually like their record label, but um, we get along so wonderfully and they take such good care of us. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the last vocal I tracked was probably in like December of last year. Um, drums were tracked early January and whatnot, and then, you know, mixing, mastering and whatnot. So um, it's been a minute, but, you know, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh my God, it's been like two years. I can't even remember what the songs are so um feels good everything is lined up i saw photos of the records and uh we'll have our awesome fulfillment team pumping those out
0: i uh yeah kind of as a as a record collector myself i'm very stoked on a lot of the variants you guys have going for this as well i got i can't remember which one it is you kind of did those two different variants are sort of like gold splattery and white Records I got the first one you guys put out and I was just I'm super stoked that they'll be coming in soon I mean, I just I love a nice pretty colored vinyl. So it's definitely uh, up my alley I've got so many records behind me right now. It's kind of we should be pretty obvious that I spent a lot more money on this than I probably should but hey Cool. It's I
1: appreciate it. Yeah. I can't keep up with the variants myself. So
0: yeah, there's been quite a few I've been tempted to get more than <laughs> one though. I you know, it's just uh, I have to talk myself down from that. Sometimes I did almost buy more than one Z2 variant because I got the what is it the apocalypse one that looked like a sunburst thing, and I was like, no, I'm leaving it there. I'm leaving it there. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm glad that it, you managed to get it out for for release as well it's such a big okay. thing and of course I'd also do the same thing where I pre-order a record that you know isn't coming out at the same time as a release but it's like no I like this I like this band enough and I'm sure I love this record enough or if, if even if I've heard it for review or whatever I'm like I like this record enough I don't care if I have to wait six extra months for it I want that in my hands I need that and so that's kind of how I felt about this record anyway but I it was coming on release date anyway so I it's fine that's not even a hypothetical I need to worry about I'll have this on my hand in my hands hopefully on or around release day international shipping provided i don't know how long that's going to take but still yes um it can be a fee yeah yeah it, i mean of course in in this day and age yeah <laughs> but yes um so i guess kind of you know color decay coming out uh you know tours going on you know hopefully good luck provided of course that kind of thing is up in the air nowadays anyway um even in the best of times um, but looking forward, what do you, uh, what do you, what do you think's next for Prada? Like, are you just gonna kind of, cause you, there was quite a short rollout between Z2 and Color Decay. I mean, relative to most people in this industry, I suppose it's like a year and a half between records is quite short. Um, and not even a year and a half. I'm pretty sure it's probably a little bit shorter than that. Um, so do you have the next thing planned yet or are you just kind of giving yourself some breathing room now
1: uh we we're in discussions um obviously you know we couldn't tour so we were making music like a lot of artists were and hence you know a quick turnaround from z2 into into color decay but um i don't know it it, the momentum was so automatic and natural for us as far as writing z2 songs into writing color decay that i think it's going to be pretty natural and Sort of continue that momentum forward so um after the wage war tour over there we're uh we have some months off which will be really nice but then you know from there it's going to be more tunes whatever that might look like so um i certainly look forward to it i'm always i get pretty uh i don't want to say burnout but i can get pretty exhausted writing songs but um, i'm ready to go right now so we'll see what things look like in 2023 touring wise but there will certainly, certainly be more broader music as well.
0: Love to hear that. I mean, my, my fingers are definitely crossed. And I think Dean's are crossed for maybe a space, a space <laughs> two, perhaps that would perhaps. be cool. Uh, maybe an entirely new concept, who knows? Or an entirely new concept. I'd be, I mean, I love a bit of a concept record always and, be cool. and Z and zombie and, uh, and space are both right up my fucking alley. So <laughs> always down for more of that. If you're, uh, if you guys need some suggestions on, uh, on where to go next. Um, <laughs> I think Dean, you had a question specifically about uh voice and vocal health.
2: Oh, yes, yes um, <laughs> kind of yeah jumping Mike, away you have such a you have such a uh, unique and a visceral sound to your vocals that just seems to have gotten more raw and intense and emotional over the years, and I just want to know, how did you get to where you are as a vocalist today, being able to pull off what you do and consistently do it live without you know completely destroying your vocal cords
1: uh well as you guys have been talking to me the last half hour you can (laughs) obviously (laughs) pick up i'm having a pretty raspy one today but um it's it's difficult it's an instrument you can't change strings on or change heads on you know so Mm -hmm. um it's uh it's a it's a fair amount of preparation it's a tremendous amount of mental awareness and and um so just something psychological about it for sure but um i don't know i i just uh i think we've taken on different songs that require different things and have kind of opened me up to be able to try different things in terms of what i'm doing to like match Jeremy's singing or even if he's behind me or something and these different kind of contrasts that sort of force me to experiment or just force me to try to be my best to excel at what the song is offering so um, I uh, try hard I, I do my best but uh, again it, it's always fun to try different things too live and it's cool to hear other singers and maybe uh, allow yourself some subtle imitations and such but um, yeah I'm, I'm still here yelling like a baby
2: <laughs> and uh, I guess that kind of leads into like the next one that I Kind of have here. Um, so, being in a band for as long as you guys have, you know, I'm sure you've been to hell and back in more ways than one. And uh, what lessons would you say that you've learned over the years that you wish you knew when you started out?
1: Um, you know, one thing that like COVID has kind of taught me, and maybe just a little bit of age as well, is to be less personal and so offended all the time. Um, I certainly spent a lot of time hating a lot of the bands that were considered our peers over the warp Tour years and whatnot. And I certainly haven't grown any more favored to some of the metalcore, like electronic metal bands that came up around the 2010s. But um, I don't know, I've kind of learned to keep to myself and I've kind of learned to just worry about myself a little more than getting maybe envious of music that sucks or... um, just sort of all the negative connotations that have arisen throughout the scene just kind of focus on staying in my lane and i don't know if i could have told myself to do that when i was young um but it's certainly a little bit of wisdom that i think makes it easier for me to you know get to sleep these days
0: all, all very valuable mm. stuff yeah. i think you learn over the years and if, if even if it's kind Absolutely. of like a i don't know how to how to say it but like a like it's it's similar to what i was saying before it's kind of like trial by fire you know <laughs> you learn how to deal with Something certain like things them. over time that certain maybe maybe you would have learned you would have wanted to learn when you were younger but maybe you wouldn't have listened to yourself <laughs> exactly kind of um kind of on a uh, just a personal fun question as a fan myself what was it like uh kind of crossing over with julianne baker that was a, a cool little thing i noticed on twitter a while ago
1: yeah, that was uh it was just I had got in I had started hearing her songs and then I didn't know that she gave us a shout out on Audio Tree. I spent a long time in Chicago. I have buddies that have recorded records and songs at Audio Tree and everything and uh um I was really flattered and I think she's a tremendous songwriter and musician and um I don't know, it just kinda of popped into my head, so it seemed like a pretty obvious fun thing to do and the same as like doing the the conceptual EPs and doing uh, um, like our South of the City single we did a seven inch a while ago. It's uh, just trying to keep off the beaten path and try to keep yourself uh, challenged to a fair degree instead of just, here's another 12 songs, here's 12 songs, here's 12 songs. Um, so yeah, it was really fun. And um, I heard it through the grapevine, she found out about us recording her through her dad because he has like google alerts set up to her or something um which is pretty funny but um yeah it was certainly a fun project to take under and we were able to record that in at at Bricktop and Pills Chicago too which is a run by some friends of mine and I always love recording in different environments and such so um yeah it was really fun it was fun to play live too might might pop up again at some time
0: I'd love that I'd love that I mean yeah as a personal big fan of uh, of sort of Julian Baker Phoebe Bridges that entire world of people I mean it's such a it's a super unlikely in well on paper it's unlikely but I feel like uh, in practice I think you'd meet a lot of musicians from certain genres that you know you find out what they actually listen to and it's like oh it's completely the opposite of the kind of music that you make like, I feel like, well, I, swear, I wouldn't say that Julian Baker's music is the opposite. I mean, tonally and maybe in, in terms of some influences on later stuff, maybe. Maybe there's some crossover there. But I feel like, yeah, sort of low-key indie stuff is definitely, uh, and, you know, also her reciprocating it, her, like, she, she posted her wearing, like, an old, like, tour t-shirt of yours from, like, years and years and years back. I remember that, like, that's just, it's just cool. It's just cool to see people interfacing from completely different ends of the music world. Completely different kind of areas. It's, I, I love that stuff.
1: Yeah, she's she's wonderful. Um, I've only met her once um, But yeah She's uh, she's a force and she's doing wonderfully. She's awesome.
0: Good. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you got to meet her too. that's at least um That's a sort of I said was that was that sort of uh, that was after I assume the whole thing happened like you met her and actually no, no? we
1: She gave us like the shout out on Twitter because we were playing this venue in Atlanta and there are two rooms and she was playing one room and we were playing a different room and someone like tweeted at her and said something and then she replied with the t-shirt and we're like oh that's that's really funny and then I just met her in the hallway and she was like joking about how she had to change out of the shirt and whatnot <laughs> um and I was able to catch a little bit of her set at the end of the night so um I'm pretty sure that and, and then I was like okay this is like She's amazing. What, <laughs> what 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 can we do here? So, um, I don't know. Hopefully, it's bumped up her royalty rates a little something. You know,
0: being a great songwriter. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, Dean, was there a, uh, another thing you wanted to ask what, about the thematic stuff in Color Decay? Because I feel like we we have a, we have a question sheet, but I'm kind of jumping up and down it like an idiot. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs>
2: just, um, just, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. Down. Yeah. So the lyrical content on Color decay obviously is very dark, it's depressing. What kind of went into the creation of the theme of this record? Would you say all the songs have a similar theme to them or did you just kind of like write the songs and then I, as you heard the instrumental, you're like, okay, this kind of sounds more like this, this sounds more like that, and so on and so forth.
1: Uh, really as little conceptually went into it as possible, I think, um, I always, it's so much easier to write a record once you have a name and an idea And that doesn't mean that the record is conceptual, but you know, you kind of like what the roof is for the songs to exist beneath. Um, This one was much harder. And also John wrote uh, a large portion of the lyrics. Um, So, you know, it's, it's honoring and um, magnifying and complimenting his ideas as much as it is as me trying to compliment my own ideas and obviously all to um, sit in synchro- you know, and, in, and, synergy with the, uh, with the songs, the instrumentals themselves. Um, but really just the, the, the degradation of, of, of life and of, you know, some circumstances as you get old and the, the experiences we go through is kind of just the idea behind color decay as far as the name itself. But the songs, um, for the most part, we really try to go in all different places and, um, early stuff I always just painted with such a thick brush as far as ideas I could just you could swap so many lyrics between different songs and um, these days we try very hard not to do that and we also try to speak more to more common um, common frailties common bits of affliction and tribulation for more people than just ourselves but for any person you know so you get a little bit in your head and you get to be a little more fictional with it and I think that's also something that's been uh, more up there with Color Decay versus even the act and, and Trans and Blues and such.
2: So would you say, like, are there any other artistic influences you would say contributed to how you approached writing Color Decay, whether that be film, literature, illustration, etc. cetera?
1: Uh, literature always informs my work um, very much so. Hallucinate was a song that I kind of got tipped off about um, a brain tumor was the idea behind the song that I learned through a a piece of fiction. Um, So that's always there. Um, Musically not so much, I think a lot of what I consume builds more into my personality and then my personality then goes to the music that is The Devil Prada rather than just taking music I like and taking it straight over to to Prada. film I've been so out of the loop for so long I just never seem to have the time or will to watch much movies so I've been pretty out on that so I think mostly just literature is always my creative drive whether it's for even playing guitar or doing anything musically to doing anything lyrically and vocally
0: yeah well I mean I think it's cool that you can have something I I, I think it's a a normal thing that uh that different forms of media will influence you know creatives in different ways and I think it's cool that you pull from literature because I feel like that's not a uh it's not as common for a lot of people I don't think I mean maybe I could be wrong on that but I think that's kind of a cool uh cool unique thing for a musician to pull from because it's usually you know like film or games nowadays like uh yeah just kind of like a a nice little thing any specific uh any specific books you've been reading recently that you kind of You've been taking a lot of inspiration from personally or within your writing or anything?
1: Two writers I came across this year. One uh, one a little more contemporary, I'd consider, than the other. One is Rachel Cusk. She's written a, a great number of novels that I've been catching up on, as well as a, a famed German writer, or maybe Austrian, named Peter Hanke. Um, his work has definitely been influential, and the way he writes is, is very is fantastic. Um, I finished all of Cormac McCarthy's work earlier this year. I finished the My Struggle series by Karlov Nosgard, I think last year. Um, Everything Karlov does is huge for me and again, Hallucinate was a song based off of, not at all based off of his novel The Morning Star but a situation that I read about in that book that I then contorted into a song. So, um, I'd say between those three those have been certainly or four have been quite informative of, of my work and of my personality of the last few years
0: oh that's really cool well bet. I, I, I don't have that much more to say but I would like to just kind of loop back and say you know I think what you guys have created with Color Decay is really special and you know not to be that guy and just like i don't know shower you with praise i really I, I this record means a lot to me and i love it and i'm really i just i'm super stoked for everybody to uh to get stuck in with it in a couple of weeks it's going to be uh it's going to be crazy i think <laughs> and hopefully hopefully people you know really resonate with with the messages and the themes that you guys are putting forth in this cuz i think it's it's a lot of stuff that uh people will kind of tragically relate to in a way uh and I think that's kind of where the, where the best emotional connections come from it's like I shouldn't relate to this really it's kind of sad that I relate to this but I'm glad that I do <laughs> kind of thing
1: I appreciate the praise all the same um I apologize straight from the past or started their check. but uh okay. yeah I look forward to a lot of listeners checking it out and uh I appreciate guys kind words
0: of course well thank you for spending your time with us uh I'm sure you are very busy on the road so I won't keep you any longer but uh hopefully your show goes well tonight and um yeah enjoy the rest of your tour you've only got a few dates left is that right
1: uh seven eight seven. nine ten something like that a number like, of dates
0: there is, getting there <laughs> getting there well yeah thank you for spending your uh your uh afternoon with us and uh if you get the time tell the guys from astray i think their record is fantastic as well they are <laughs> they are they are awesome i love that album Um, they're wonderful yeah well thank you very much man it's been it's been an honor talking to you thank you see you fellas take care all right see you later